This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Glory to God. Our first slide will be Isaiah 7, 14. Hallelujah. Isaiah 7, 14. I'll be reading out the Amplified Version today. Hallelujah. As we continue to worship him through the word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The context of this scripture here is uh, the current um, king of Judah is being threatened by the king of Israel because at that time the nation of Israel had split into two. And hallelujah, glory to God. The, the, the kingdom of Judah stayed on the path with God where the nation of Israel or the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom did not. Hallelujah. And often they would go to war with one another. Amen. But in this instance, the um, kingdom of Israel was threatening to attack the kingdom of Judah along with the nation of Syria in combination to bring Judah down. Amen. And God here is using Isaiah to speak to the king of Judah, hallelujah, to give him a sign, to encourage him that God was with him, amen? So here begins the reading of God's holy word. It says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen carefully. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. A virgin at that time was usually a young woman, amen, uh, somewhere between 12 and 18 hallelujah and society was very different back then amen you just couldn't see a, a young woman just walking down the street amen in some short shorts somehow the israelites understood human nature amen and they would keep their unmarried young women away from the eyes of unwanted suitors <laughs> to preserve her virginity. We're a very different time now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The reason I bring that up, amen, is so that we understand the concept here. Amen. There was no way with that understanding that I've just shared with you, there was no way that a virgin could conceive to bring out the, the miracle that Isaiah is prophesying here. So he, says, so he says, listen carefully, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And, sh and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. The literal meaning of Emmanuel is with us is God. So here Isaiah 700 years before the birth of Christ is prophesying about his birth. Amen. And says that the version that conceives will call his name Emmanuel or with us is God. So this was an encouragement to the current hallelujah uh, king of Judah. Hallelujah. But it's an encouragement to all mankind that with us is God. God. So with that thought in mind, next slide, please. Hallelujah. Our title today is Emmanuel, God with 
us. We as Christians must understand that God is with us in the midst of a pandemic. God is with us in the midst. Amen. Of hallelujah. A malfunctioning government. God is with us in the midst of racism and racial tensions. God is with us. And sometimes you just need to speak it out that God is with me. He's with us. And we're going to look at it throughout scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Instances. Where we see that God is with us. Amen. So join me as I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. That God would have his way with our word service today. Amen. So Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah, that you've chosen us to give us this word today, Lord God. But Father God, the task that you've given me is far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Have your way today. Preach today. Teach today like never before. Fill your people up today. Hallelujah. Spirit with spiritual food to overflowing, Lord God, that would carry them throughout the week, Lord God. We bless you. We praise you. And we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word today. In Jesus' name, let somebody say amen. Amen. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. From the beginning, saints, God was with us, his human creation. From the very beginning, God was with us. We live in such a society where people question, where is God? God existed. Why would all this mess be happening in the world? Why wouldn't he just come and fix it? We're looking at it from a human standpoint. We don't see our role in it. Amen. Choices have consequences, y'all. Even now, if I make a choice, amen, to rob a bank, I'm going to jail. I'll be saved. I'm going to heaven, but I'm also going to jail. So choices have consequences. I'll be forgiven. God won't stop loving me but I will go to jail. Even now at my age, at 51 years old, I am still paying for choices I made in the past. Am I encouraged that God will uh, uh, bring me out of it? Yes, hallelujah. But in the meantime, I got to take my medicine. I got to learn my lessons so that I don't make those choices again. And I'm talking about particularly financial choices that I've made. I still have to live with them for now. Thank God he's a deliverer. Amen. Hallelujah. But from the beginning, God was with us. It's human creation. Next slide, please. We're going to Genesis 3 and 8. This is after Adam and Eve had been deceived by the enemy. Amen. Particularly Eve had been deceived by the enemy. Adam was never deceived. Adam made a choice. It was an iniquity. He knew he was doing wrong. Hallelujah. Genesis 3 and 8, amplified version. And it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Let me read that again, that first part, and I'll finish the rest of the scripture. And they heard, who's they? Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. God walked in the garden. In the cool afternoon breeze of the day so that the man and his wife hid and kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. According to the commentary of John Gill, who was a famous, amen, biblical commentator, hallelujah, from the 1800s, amen, hallelujah. This was the pre-incarnate Christ walking in the garden. In some manifested form. 
Jesus was walking in the garden amongst his creation from the very beginning. My God. God always intended to be with his creation. It's a relationship. And when man makes a choice, this is human nature here. This is real human nature. When we sin, we hide from God. <laughs> oh, my God. My God. My God. Yet he wants to be with us. Hallelujah. This is when heaven and earth were one. When God walked amongst man. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. God is with us in the wilderness. In those difficult times. I just told you that I had made some choices. And uh, from a financial standpoint, amen, I am in the wilderness with many things that are happening in my life. Yes, there are there's some things that have changed. There's some things that have improved. But I'm not all the way out yet in my personal financial walk. Hallelujah. But he is with me. He is with you. He was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. Next slide, please. I'm going to Exodus 25, verse 8. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is the account. Amen. The, uh, in, in the previous chapter, we read this last week. I believe it was last week. Exodus 24, the... The, uh, the children of Israel received or accepted the new, co I mean the old covenant. They accepted the Ten Commandments. They, they it was ratified by when uh, Moses sprinkled blood on them. All right. The covenant was sealed. All right. A covenant cannot be enacted unless there's some kind of vow. And it, and, and it has to be sealed with that blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ah, I'm sorry, y'all. I have to go here for a second. This is the importance of when man and woman get together, that when we say they consummate the marriage, it means it's being sealed by blood without getting too graphic. Yes, 90% of us blow it. But we need to understand this point of view to understand the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of our bodies, which we'll get into a little bit more later. Amen? Hallelujah. But we're talking about God with us. Hallelujah. I left something out last week, just another little aside. Amen? When we talk about a covenant, amen, a covenant, amen, now that we're in the new covenant, it means everything that is God's is now ours, and everything that is ours, including our lives, are God's. That's a covenant. Now, I talked about it last week with husband and wife, amen, but take it to the next level. Hallelujah. When Abraham got into a covenant with God, everything that was God's was now Abraham's or Abram's, and everything that was Abram's was now God's. Let's take it to a next level, hallelujah. When Jonathan and David got into a covenant, amen, hallelujah, what was happening is everything that's Jonathan's is now David's. So essentially, Jonathan is giving up, hallelujah, his right as the next king of Israel, amen, to David. Oh, my God, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, covenant. You need to understand that we're in a covenant relationship with God, that we have a right to everything that is God's in our life, including his righteousness. 
That's why we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Getting back to Exodus 25 and 8. Hallelujah. Here we go. It says, I'm going to read the verse 10. It says, have them build, this is God speaking through Moses, have them build a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. God wanted to dwell among the children of Israel in the tabernacle. That sanctuary he's talking about is the tabernacle. Let me read on. You shall construct it in accordance with everything that I'm going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture. All the furniture has some symbolic meaning. Hallelujah. And they shall make an ark of akia wood, two and a half cubics long. One and a half cubics wide and one and a half cubics high. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's just stop here for a second. Amen. The children of Israel had been delivered from Egypt. Hallelujah. Now they have made a covenant with God. It's a covenant based on performance, unfortunately. Amen. At Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. God is saying, I want to dwell amongst you. Create a tabernacle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That I may dwell among you. Hallelujah. Now, how the Israelites, amen, were uh, aligned, hallelujah, each tribe was aligned in a certain way, hallelujah, and they were aligned in the shape of a cross, and the tabernacle was at the center, Amen. hallelujah, God wanted to dwell among them, and he did it through by way of the tabernacle, now we get to the ark, amen, hallelujah, the ark represents Christ, the ark was in the holy of holies, the ark made of the, uh, the uh, Achaia wood is an incorruptible wood. Speaks of Jesus' incorruptibility, hallelujah, that he was without sin. It was covered with gold that, that represents that he was, hallelujah, a king, that he was God. And what was placed in that ark, amen, as you've heard me say over and over again, were the Ten Commandments, which was mankind's rebellion against God's law. It was also Aaron, the, the, the brother of Moses' uh, staff, amen, hallelujah, was in there that budded, amen, and that represented mankind's rebellion against God's appointed leadership. And finally, what was in there was a cup of manna, hallelujah, that was man's rebellion against God's provision. And all that was placed inside the ark, or think about it as being placed inside Christ, and then covered by the mercy seat. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our sins were put away in Christ. Amen. This is what the tabernacle and the ark represents. God living among man. Even in the wilderness. Even in my difficulties. He's with me. He's with you. Your bad choices. He's with you. Now, obviously, we don't want to take him into our bad choices, but he's there anyway. God with us. Next slide, please. God is with us in times of prosperity. So even when we're doing well, it's not like, okay, God, I got it. Now you sit, on, you sit to the side. You get on the sidelines. I got it. We will always need God, and that's how we were designed. Amen. We were designed to always need God mm -hmm. this world is in the state that is in because we've told God sit on the sideline be invisible we don't need you we have technology and I love technology but we should see it as something that comes from God not something to exclude God exclude God amen 
Hallelujah. Next slide, please. We're going to 1 Kings 9 and 3. This is God responding to Solomon after Solomon created the temple. Amen. The Lord told him, I have heard your prayer and supplication, which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house, which you have built by putting my name and my presence there forever. My eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. So they go from a wandering nation for 40 years to conquering the land of Palestine or the land of Canaan, establishing themselves or God establishing them as a nation. And here after uh, the third king, who is Solomon, and we had Saul, we had David, and now Solomon, his son, builds a temple because God wants to live amongst his people Hallelujah. The ark was transferred from the tabernacle. I'm not going to go and read that. Hallelujah. Into the temple. Hallelujah. Now a more physical stone made structure. Hallelujah. God. And obviously God is so vast. He can't fit into just a temple. But the portion of God. Hallelujah. Measure of God's presence. Amen. Dwelt in the temple amongst the people in their capital city of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. He says I, he, his presence consecrates the house. Hallelujah. He says, uh, which you have built by putting my name and my presence there forever. My eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. God's, his eyes and his heart are with us perpetually. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, this ties into uh, what Jesus said to the woman at the well. Um. He was trying to establish to her that God is everywhere, that I am everywhere. It's not so much on a temple that you have to look to because the, the Samaritans, which that woman was, they had their own temple. All right. And even when the Jews got taken away to Babylon, they would pray trying to face the temple. Hallelujah. But God had grander plans than being in one stationary place, as we will see in a little bit. Amen. So that's more evidence that God wants to be with his people. God with us. Next slide, please. God came among, among us. And I did look up the difference between among and amongst. And they mean the same thing. Because I wanted to speak correct English. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to Luke 17 and 20. Amen. Here Jesus is... Uh, being confronted by the Pharisees and he's responding to them. Pharisees were the religious leaders amongst the religious leaders of the day. Hallelujah. Luke 17 and 20. Let me begin reading at verse 20. It says, now having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he replied, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with a visible display. So they were, they were expecting the kingdom of God to be uh, the Messiah comes, defeats the Roman conquerors, gets them out of Jerusalem, God of Israel, and sits on the throne, which he will do. He will do that eventually, but that's not what Jesus' first ministry was. Hallelujah. He came as a servant to die for us. Amen. Hallelujah. But here's, uh, so let me go on to read. It says, with signs to be observed with a visible display, nor will people say, look, here it is or there it is. Here's our key part of this verse. Hallelujah. It says, for the kingdom of God is among you because of my presence. What he was saying is, I am the kingdom of God. I am here among you in, 
Israel, I am among you. God left his comfortable place in heaven, put on flesh, came through a virgin, amen, and was now on earth as he was, hallelujah, in the Garden of Eden among his people. God always desires to be among us. God wants to be with you. People may not want to be with you. Spouses may not want to be with you. Family may not want to be with you, but God desires to be with you. And we see it throughout scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. On those lonely days, on those frustrating days, on those days where you're upset, hallelujah, you can say to yourself, God wants to be with me. Wants to spend quality time with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Next slide, please. The Apostle Paul's testimony of Christ's abiding presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go there. Next slide, please. Galatians 2.20. Here Paul is telling about the account earlier in this um, chapter of Galatians, how he had to confront uh, Peter. Because, you know, believe it or not, you know, we, we st- like I said last week, we still contend with the sin nature. The flesh or the sin nature lusts against uh, the spirit and the spirit against the flesh or the sin nature. So Peter still had, although he walked with Christ for years, was the first leader of the church, was the first one to minister to the Gentiles. Peter still contended with his sin nature and Paul had to confront him about why are you acting like the Gentiles are dirty and not to be around when the Jews come around. But when the Jews aren't around, then you can eat with them and you can spend time with them. So Paul had to confront him. And in all this story or testimony that Paul was giving, amen, he comes down to verse uh, 20 of Galatians. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. He's talking about his old life as Saul. That life's over now. He says that's, uh, he's crucified. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. Part of baptism is you're dying to your old life. And when you come out the water, you are alive to your new life in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let's stop right here. Christ, he's, he's testifying that Christ lives in him. Amen. So we go from God... Amongst us, God walking in the garden, God being amongst the children of Israel in the tabernacle and the temple, hallelujah, to Jesus showing up on the scene and being amongst his people, to now where Paul is testifying that Christ lives in me. As modern day Christians, as Christians of all time, hallelujah, from from his crucifixion on, hallelujah, Christ lives in us. Let me break it down even further. God lives inside of you if you are a Christian. Now, if you're like me, you can ignore him at times. 
You can kind of shoo his voice and just get him to quiet down. You can allow your human nature to be dominant because he's not going to force himself to, 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 to operate in you. It's a relationship. He says, but Christ lives in me. He says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God. In other words, he's saying, I don't trust in my human nature. I trust in him who loved me and gave himself up for me. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Next verse, verse 21. He said, I do not ignore. So this is, this is, he's, he's talking about Peter right now to the people at Galatia. Hallelujah. I do not ignore another father, gracious gift of, uh, the gracious gift of the grace of God, his amazing unmerited favor. For if righteousness comes through observing the law, then Christ died needlessly. How was he addressing Peter? Peter, when the Jews were around, would act like he had to adhere by the law in order to be a Christian because he didn't want to be disappoint the Jews that came to visit him. So Paul breaks it down all the way. He said, if, for if righteousness comes through observing the law, Christ died needlessly. Let me break it down into words that we can understand. Hallelujah. If you being a goody two shoes, amen, can get you to heaven, amen, then Christ died. Hallelujah. Uh, he, he died uh, needlessly. If it's just about you putting on a three-piece suit and a big bold polyester hat, and wearing all white. And fronting in front of people and acting right in front of people, but in private you have your own struggles. Then Christ died in vain. But what does Paul say? His suffering and death would have, been, have no purpose whatsoever. Righteousness comes by grace. We are righteous because Christ lives on the inside of us. Amen. I'm going to explain how he does that. I thought he was at the right hand of the Father. He is. We're going to explain it. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Christ now lives in us, believers. He does not live on, he does not live on the inside of every human being on the planet. He lives inside believers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. Romans 8 and 9. Romans 8 and 9, excuse me. Romans 8 and 9 reads, however, this is Paul speaking. He's talking about life in the spirit. That's, it. That's what his whole topic is about. It says, however, you are not living in the flesh, controlled by the sinful nature, but the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God lives in you. The spirit of God lives in you you directing and guiding you but if anyone does not have the spirit of christ so in other words if anyone has not been born again hallelujah he does not belong to him and is not a child of god this is not about speaking in tongues this is about regeneration what happens and we'll explain that later what happens when you receive christ as lord and savior hallelujah the christ lives in you hallelujah the spirit of christ hallelujah next slide um, verse 10 if Christ lives in you through your natural, though your natural body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides. Amen. Who provides righteousness? Christ. Amen. 
Righteousness is not something we achieve. It's something we receive. And this is where we as Christians, modern day Christians, have missed it with the word. We believe we can achieve righteousness. No, it is received and is provided by Christ. Next slide. We, we don't understand what he did at the cross. We, oh, my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Next slide, please. Verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Where's the spirit live in you? He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit. I believe the King James says the spirit of Christ who lives in you. How does Christ live in us? By way of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so humble. He does not push his own agenda. He pushes the agenda of Father God and Christ. He even allows himself to be called the Spirit of Christ. Why? He reveals Christ in us. To us. And he lives in us. God with us. Emmanuel. Those lonely nights, God lives in me. Nobody called me on the phone. God lives in me. Oh, the pastor hasn't checked on me. God lives in me. Oh, they ain't got no love at that church. God lives in me. Yes, he, loves, he lives in the pastor, but he lives in you too. And my job is to work myself out of a job. Where the saints don't need me. And then we become co-laborers in gathering more into the kingdom who don't know him and don't have him living inside of them we as Christians ignore the presence of God in our lives and we look for the presence of the pastor. And we act right when the pastor's in town or in our presence, but when he's not there, are, are you on judgment day, are you going to go to God and say, I didn't do this because the pastor wasn't there? Now, thankfully, Judgment Day for us is where, uh, you know, all our sins are washed away. Hallelujah. But he, what, what we'll be judged for is what did we do when we got saved with the blessings and the knowledge that we had? How did we promote Christ? And as we then we will get the rewards in measure of what we did did we operate in his grace or did we look towards the pastor? Amongst other things. It's not all about the pastor, amen? Could be anybody that you put in God's place. Listen, I can't fuel anybody, but he can. You know, there are people I encounter who are looking to be fueled. Fuel me, make me feel good. Make me feel better. Entertain me. 
Now, we are social creatures, and we have fun with each other, and we have a good time. We talk, we laugh, we eat together. That's all wonderful, but we've got to keep it in perspective, amen. When that stuff happens, I have a good time. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this good encounter. Thank you for my friend. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. As opposed to ignoring God that lives inside me and trying to be fueled by another human being. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm sorry, I just have to say this. I just heard manipulation. Sometimes we, instead of understanding God lives in us, we manipulate other people to try to get filled on the inside. God with us. God with us. God is with us. God lives inside of us. Hallelujah. 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 Next slide, please. Hallelujah. Know ye not that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? We talked about the temple before. We talked about how the ark represented the presence of Christ inside the temple. That the temple was the physical structure that was in Israel, in Jerusalem more specifically, hallelujah, that housed the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. That the Israelites usually, even no matter where they were, they would pray facing the temple, hallelujah. But now in the New Covenant, in the New Testament portion of the Bible, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Next slide, please. Here Paul is addressing the Corinthians because they had the sexual, they had sexual pr- promiscuity issues. Listen, we live in this body. This body wants to be held. It wants to be everything. I don't even want to get into the body. And, and let me just be honest. God made sex. He made it. He made it to be enjoyed. So I don't want it, the young people to think it's, it's something bad. It's not something bad. It's something good. But we have to do it in the way, or enjoy it in the way that God intended for us to enjoy it. It's good. It's not bad. It's not taboo. And we don't talk about it in church, but our kids are out here learning it from their, their, their classmates. And experimenting with their little boyfriends and little girlfriends. And then you get into a pattern of living that carries on into your adult life, even though you're Christian. So that when you hear it in church, you're uncomfortable because no one really addressed it. It is good. But God wants you to engage in it with your spouse. Have that covenant and know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Saints, every, when we're saved, amen, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Every, fornicate, every bout of fornication we had, we took the Holy Spirit with us. And the guilt we felt was not him convicting us. It was like he was like him saying, get me out of here. Why are we here? Why are we experiencing this? I'm holy. But I can't leave you. (laughs) Woo! I'm bound to you forever. Woo! He won't leave you. Hallelujah. He'll endure suffering because he loves you. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost endures suffering because he doesn't want to leave us. Woo. 
God. Hey, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Paul says, do not do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? Who you have received as a gift from God that you are not your own property. We entered into a covenant relationship. Everything that is God is now ours. And our lives are now his. Amen. God with us. Amen. God with us. God in us. In him we live, we move, and have our being. Woo, Jesus. Hey, Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. Christ's presence in the believer makes him a new type of being. When Christ lives in us by way of the Holy Spirit, we are a new type of human being. Next slide. Hallelujah. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ or saved, that is grafted in, joined in by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature. We're going to deal with this. Hallelujah. And then my next slide. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to Nicodemus that you must be born again or born from above. Hallelujah. He was, he was making reference to the Holy Spirit regenerating his human spirit or reviving his human spirit when uh, the, when we get saved when we ex when we go through hallelujah the covenant hallelujah we're speaking forth lord jesus coming to my heart when we're doing all that we are receiving the spirit of christ into our human spirit he takes up residence and we become revived we become a new type of being a new human being. It says the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Hallelujah. We have the forgiveness of sins applied to our lives. Hallelujah. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. We're no longer the same. We're a new type of being. We have new capabilities because the Holy Spirit won't leave us. We, we are different. We have divinity on the inside. So you may call me all kind of names, hallelujah, but God lives inside me. They may call you all kind of names, but God lives inside you. When they're disrespecting you. They're disrespecting the God inside you. You are a new type of being. You are no longer mortal. <laughs> but you're an eternal being. That doesn't mean your body's going to heaven. Amen. It means your spirit, hallelujah, your, your inner man will live forever. Hallelujah. Death means separation from God biblically. Hallelujah. God lives inside. You'll never be separated from him again. Hallelujah. Let's look at these definitions real quick. Amen. Next slide. Hallelujah. This new, hallelujah, from new creature, hallelujah, is 
The word kainos, hallelujah, probably is in new in quality, innovation, fresh in development or opportunity because not found exactly like before. You are not like you were before. God lives inside of you. You're a new type of being. Hallelujah. This word creature. A, oh, let me go back. Creature, amen, is a Greek word. Kaisis. It means creation, creature, which is founded from nothing. We were nothing. And God created us anew. Creation out of nothing is used of a man regenerated. This word regenerated means breathed new life into. Just like God breathed into Adam's nostrils when the Holy Spirit took residence in you. Hallelujah. It was God breathing. <laughs> new life in you. If we choose to be depressed or down, like I've been many times in my Christian world, I didn't recognize that God was in me. I did not stir up the gift that was in me. I was looking with my five senses, holiday, taking in the world with my sight, my smell, my, my hearing, my taste, my touch. But didn't realize that God is in me. We too often see ourselves as just normal. I am what I see in the mirror. I am what's inside me. We have body shaming and we look in the mirror and we hate ourselves. We, but we don't see in the spirit who's inside us. Would we be nothing? Would, would God go? Would, would God just choose to hallelujah go into something hallelujah. obviously we were nothing before him hallelujah but hallelujah he saw enough value in us as his creation that he chose to live inside of us hallelujah so it's used of, of a man or woman regenerated breathed new life into through Christ it's like he exhaled into us again thank you lord let's wind this up last slide let me conclude this by saying it has always been god's intent to be with us life apart from god was never a part of his plan god progressively subtly through the scriptures unveiled his plan to be with us I'm talking about human beings Living independent of God is not an honor, but it leads to decay in both individual and societal integrity. This is why we live in the crazy world we live in. We've chosen to live independent of God. Our government is called secular. That means living apart from God. We are trying to govern ourselves without God. Later for that, it says on the money in God we trust. It's baloney. We don't trust in him. Is America a Christian nation? No, it's not. Is there a Christian nation in the world? No, there's not. But there's a body of believers within these various nations, including America, hallelujah, that honor the Lord Jesus Christ and know that he lives inside of them by way of the Holy Spirit. 
Hallelujah. Every government in the world is secular. Hallelujah. Know that God not only loves you, but wants to live with and in you that you might. Now I'm talking to unbelievers that you might be the new creature living to your fullest potential. Although life is very challenging, know that God is with us and wants to enjoy life as he intended for us before, wants us to enjoy our lives as he intended for us before the foundations of the world. A life of victory, a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm quoting from Romans 14, 17. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. A life where we know that God is with us. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, saints, I, I understand life can get challenging. It can get tough. We can be hurt by people. We can be lied to be by people. We can be betrayed. People can attack us with microaggressions and passive aggressiveness. People can ignore us and use us. And people promise us things that they never delivered. And many times these people are in your family. But God is with us. And we have the potential to operate in this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, which lives in us. No, not the totality of the Holy Spirit lives in me, just a measure, a portion. Same as you. But Emmanuel, God with us. God's with the Living Waters Christian Center. God's with your church, hallelujah, if you're following the Lord Jesus Christ. He's with us. And it's really an honor for people to be in our presence. I'm not talking about from a pride standpoint, because God is in us. Hallelujah. Let that sink in and burn away the insecurities that we all deal with. Let it burn away the poor self-esteem. Let it, let it burn away racism that has been acted against you. Let it burn away ethnicism. I'm just made that up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Colorism. Ethnicism is, hallelujah, listen, hallelujah, the descendants, amen, of Africa have been spread all over the Western Hemisphere of the world, amen, and we don't always treat each other well. Let me really keep it real to you, amen. We in America, we, we blacks in America have mistreated, amen, blacks across the Caribbean, South America, and Africa. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let, let, let it burn away these divisions and let us come together in Christ. True unity is in Christ. There is no unity in the flesh. It is in Christ. And I have the opportunity now to work with different communities. And although we as outsiders may see unity with them, hallelujah, as I'm with them day by day, I see the lack of unity. Because why? They are flesh. Let's find unity in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not in feminism. 
not in the LGBT community, not in Black Lives Matter, but in Christ. In Christ. Because he lives inside of us. And the same spirit that lives in me lives inside of you and every believer in Christ. Hallelujah. Emmanuel, God with us. I'm done. Hallelujah. 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 We all have opinions and we all want to make sure our opinions at the, at, the, at, the, at the top. There's all these organizations across the country and across the world and everybody wants theirs to be important. Amen. But if we all find unity in Christ and speak the words of Christ that he left for us in his word, we will find unity. He is the answer to the world's problems. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Listen, you've been impacted by the message today. But you have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Who is Christ? He is the Son of God. Excuse me. He is the Son of God that left his comfortable heavenly abode after the garden, put on flesh, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, and died for your imperfections, died for your insecurities, died for your shortcomings, died for your bad choices. And now, He's speaking through me because he wants to reconnect with you. Hallelujah. If that's you and you want to know this Christ, the son of God, the pathway to God, God himself, God, the son, and have a relationship with Father God and the Holy Spirit who will live inside you once you make this declaration and make these vows to be joined to Christ. You want to know righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be free of loneliness, despair, and depression? It's through Jesus Christ. It does not mean it's life without challenges. There's always challenges on this fallen world, but it means you have the opportunity to have an advocate there who will fight for you, who will pray for you, who will stand by you, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if that's you, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins transgressions and iniquities i believe that you died for my sins my imperfections i believe that you rose from the dead as the evidence that father god accepted your death as payment for my sins my imperfections thank you for saving me in Jesus' name now say amen which means so be it with your so be it the holy spirit and i'm there's unbeknownst to you is taking residence in your human spirit and you are now born again. God has exhaled or breathed in you and regenerated relationship with you, regenerated your human spirit to be now connected with God, which for biblical definition means to be alive. Righteousness, peace, and joy is now available to you through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.